In uncertain days, it is important to remember that our world is getting ready to meet God. We are all getting ready to meet Him. The King is coming. Today, we join Scott Pauley in walking through the final book of the Bible, the revelation of Jesus Christ. We have come now to one of the most intriguing and interesting chapters in all of Revelation as it relates to the tribulation. Now we understand that there will be a seven-year period on this earth uh, that is known as the tribulation period. During that time, uh, the church is with the Lord Jesus Christ. We've been caught up to be with Him. Uh, the judgment seat of Christ, the marriage supper of the Lamb is taking place. Quite a contrast with the chaos and confusion going on here on earth. Well, Revelation 11 describes for us one of the scenes during that tribulation period and the reality that God is going to send two witnesses to speak of Him, uh, to, to testify to the truth even during that period. When Revelation 11 opens in the first two verses, there is a temple. Where did that come from? Well, the Jews have returned to the land. They have taken possession of the Temple Mount. They have rebuilt their temple. They have entered into an agreement with the Antichrist. Uh, it is all peace and prosperity, at least for a time. And it's at that moment, in that context, that two witnesses step on the stage. The Bible says in verse 3, "...and I will give power unto my two witnesses, and they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and threescore days clothed in sackcloth." Now, a couple of interesting things. First of all, notice that there are two witnesses. Uh, you remember when the Lord Jesus sent out His first messengers, His disciples? He sent them out how? Two by two. So here again, two witnesses step forward to represent Christ. Uh, we're told in Scripture that in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word should be established. So the Lord is giving clarity here to His message with these two witnesses. And the Bible gives an actual number of days that they will prophesy. If you figure up the days, it comes to three and a half years. So these two witnesses are ministering during the first three and a half years of the tribulation period. While there's peace and while there's prosperity, God is giving people an opportunity to hear the truth. Of course, we know that people are going to reject that. Isn't that mostly the case during seasons of peace and prosperity? People become so self-sufficient. They've got it all figured out. They don't need God. And of course, at the end of this three and a half years, when these two witnesses are martyred, that sets in motion the period known as the Great Tribulation, where the Antichrist breaks his covenant, and literally the power of hell is unleashed here on this earth. Uh, in verse 4, the Bible says, These are the two olive trees and the two candlesticks standing before the God of the earth. Now, this is a beautiful picture. The two witnesses are connected here symbolically to olive trees and candlesticks. Now, what's the significance of that? Well, the olive tree, of course, the, the olive oil, always symbolic of the Holy Spirit, God's supply, God's strength. They're drawing from the Lord's resources. They're, they're witnessing in the Lord's power. All of God's witnesses should be witnessing in the Lord's power. And what is their purpose? They're candlesticks. They are literally lights in a dark world. And I love the fact they're standing before the God of the earth. Jesus said, you shall be witnesses unto me. Now, the Lord's witnesses are not primarily first related to those they are witnessing to, 
but first they are related to the one they are witnessing of. They're standing in God's presence. In verse 5, it says, And if any man will hurt them, fire proceedeth out of their mouth, and devoureth their enemies. And if any man shall hurt them, he must in this manner be killed. So for this three and a half year period, they are under the Lord's protection. They are kept. Oh, what a beautiful picture here of the fact that God always takes care of His own. Yes, at the end of the three and a half years, they'll be put to death. They'll be martyred. Uh, but for this season, to fulfill their purpose, God protects them from all evil. I'm reminded of the words of George Whitfield. He said, I am immortal until God is through with me. And that's right. As long as you're in the will of God, preaching the Word of God, being the Lord's witness, for as long as God has determined, God's going to take care of His own. And that's seen here in these two witnesses. Then in verse 6, the Bible says, These have power to shut heaven, that it rain not in the days of their prophecy, and have power over waters to turn them to blood and to smite the earth with all plagues as often as they will. So we see God's miracle power through them. Now we don't know exactly who the two witnesses are. We believe one of them is Elijah. Uh, the other, uh, I believe to be Moses. Some people think perhaps Enoch. We don't know exactly. We know this, the two witnesses are representing one God. But I do think the miracles that are identified in Revelation 11 verse 6 are, are reminiscent of the ministry of Elijah and Moses. And so it's very likely that these are the witnesses God sends. And then in verse 7 and 8, the Bible says, And when they shall have finished their testimony, the beast that ascendeth out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them, and shall overcome them, and kill them. And their dead bodies shall lie in the street of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. Now what city? Jerusalem. And yet the name Jerusalem is not used. It's identified as the place where the Lord was crucified, but actually it's called Sodom and Egypt. Can you think of any two places more vile and wicked and despised among God's people than Sodom and Egypt? But friends, that's what Jerusalem becomes without Jesus. You take the Lord's presence out of any place and it becomes Sodom and Egypt. So they martyr these two witnesses, and in verse 9 it says, And they of the people and kindreds and tongues and nations shall see their dead bodies three days and a half, and shall not suffer their dead bodies to be put in graves. And they that dwell upon the earth shall rejoice over them, and make merry, and shall send gifts one to another, because these two prophets tormented them that dwelt on the earth. Can you imagine a people so in love with darkness, so hateful toward the light, that they would celebrate the death of these two preachers. They would throw a party over the martyrdom of these two men. You can tell a lot about people by what makes them glad, sad, and mad. Well, these people are glad because the truth is no longer being preached. Now, friends, that's the world that's being set up right now where people reject the light. And friends, when you disobey light, you just get darkness. When you hate the truth, you believe lies. And that's exactly what's coming in the tribulation age. The Bible says in verse number 11, And after three days and a half the Spirit of life from God entered into them, and they stood upon their feet, and great fear fell upon them which saw them. I would say so. The dead got up. Verse 12, And they heard a great voice from heaven saying unto them, Come up hither. And they ascended up to heaven in a cloud, and their enemies beheld them. Uh, do you see here some parallels with the public ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ? A three and a half year public ministry then cut off, put to death, then raised from the dead, then ascending back to God, uh, the enemies watching as they go up. What is all of this? It's a reminder to all the peoples of the earth of who Christ is 
and of the truth. You see, no one will be able to say they are without excuse. Now, what do we learn from these two witnesses? We learn this great truth that God always has His witnesses. When the imagination of man's heart was only evil continually in the Old Testament, God still had His Noah preaching righteousness. When the kingdoms were rejecting God and rebelling against God, God still had His prophets. Uh, When there was no open revelation or word from God, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. In these last days, there's the church. And in the tribulation period, there'll be the two witnesses. I want to say to you, we've been chosen to be God's witnesses today. Would you be one of the Lord's witnesses today? Would you tell somebody today that Christ has come, that He is coming, and that He wants to come live in them now? When you come to the end of Revelation 11, there's such a contrast with this scene in heaven that we've looked at already where they're worshiping God. On earth, they're celebrating darkness. In heaven, they're worshiping in the light. Friends, in the end, there's only two groups, those in light and those in darkness. And if that's true, there's only one thing that matters today, and that's getting the truth to people about who Jesus Christ is. Oh, may God help all of His witnesses today to do what we can while we have time. The purpose of all Scripture is to see God. In Revelation, the curtain is pulled back, and we are reminded not to simply look at world events, but to look to Christ. We hope you will join us next time as Scott Pauley continues our study through this amazing book of the Bible. You may also join us right now for additional studies and a library of helpful resources at enjoyingthejourney.org. You will find several new features at our online home, and we trust they will be a blessing to you as you walk with God. Plan to visit us each day at enjoyingthejourney.org, and we look forward to returning to Revelation on our next broadcast. Keep your eyes on Christ and look up. The King is coming.